You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Happy Monday, Bruce. How are you? Healthy and alive? Yeah. So I'm doing a little better. Well, at least I'd like to say that I'm, I'm, I think I'm doing a little better. And the reason I think that I'm doing a little better is because I finally have it in my head that maybe we're getting things under control. Maybe we're actually starting to get things uh, in line where they need to be in Afghanistan. Maybe. Are they? Well, whenever you think that those things would actually, well, you know, as the situation progresses, you, you actually just want to, you want to assess and you want to understand what the problems are at hand. And then you want to form a a plan around that, right? That's what a normal person would do. Okay, where are we screwing up? How bad is it? What do we need to do? What assets do we need to get on the ground in order to fix this? What are the options? Well, see, in a normal world, that's what would happen. But in this world of the crazy and the insane and the inept, we have none of that. In fact, the situation has gotten a lot worse. And when I say it's gotten a lot worse, I saw a report this morning that burned me up even more. So we're in six days now, right? We're six days into this. We've only had 2,500 Americans in total that have been evacuated in six days. In six days. That's all we've done. We've got 7,500 plus still stranded. Pay attention to the plus part of this. So 2,500 Americans, but yet uh, we're having trouble getting people flown out while those planes are leaving, aren't they? Some of them have actually been stopped. Some of the flights in and out have been stopped. Why? The State Department has been telling people, well, you're going to have to pay that money back. You're going to have to pay $2,000 if you want to get out of the country. We can't guarantee your safety if you get to the airport. Now they're telling people not to go to the airport. What are we supposed to do with our assets on the ground over there? The number I saw today kind of confirmed what suspicions we had. When they said 15,000, when they started going with the 15,000 number and that was rock solid, do you know what that means in U.S. government talk? That means you're looking at double that or more. Because the government always likes to lowball things if it makes them look bad. So the number we got this morning was between 7,500 and 40,000 Americans that are stuck on the ground over there. And we have no plan to get them out. We still don't have a plan. We're six days into this. And ignore those headlines of Biden sending commercial airliners over there. That's not actually happening. Actually, that's interesting. There's organizations that have gotten gotten together and are doing charity work to send... um, aircraft over there to pick them up charter aircraft charter the crews and everything the staff to you know the 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 guards and everything to get people out of there are they are are the media trying to say well no no this is the this is the biden administration that's doing this this is the government that's doing this this is this is private individuals that are doing this right which would confirm the reports that i'm seeing biden like the mainstream media is reporting that biden is ordering uh our civil asset or our civil air assets to get over there and do that that's not That's not actually going on. It's being done by private means, as you say. The U.S. Embassy in Kabul is warning Americans on Saturday not to travel to the airport because of, listen to this, I I know this might shock you, because of 
potential security threats outside the gates at the Kabul airport. Potential security threats. We are advising U.S. citizens to avoid traveling to the airport and to avoid airport gates at this time unless you receive individual instructions from a U.S. government representative to do so. Shelter in place. Don't move until the government tells you. Do you remember when Benghazi happened? Do you remember yeah. all those years ago under under uh, Hillary Clinton? I almost said Billary, mm-hmm. but that would be that would be what it was. I remember when that happened. And that was done intentionally as well, by the way. We left our people there to die. And I remember that was right around the time that I was overseas. And someone had asked me, do you have a means of contacting the embassy if you get yourself into trouble? Of course, there are emergency numbers and whatnot. Of course, you have those. But as far as registering anywhere, no, no. It's not like they don't know that I'm not here. I mean, do you really expect the federal government to get you out of a situation if you're in one? After I saw what happened in Benghazi all those years ago, I said, that's it. You're outside of the U.S. You're on your own. That's it. And now... Now that you see it firsthand, we're telling all of our people on the ground over there. Yeah, again, we're telling all of our people on the ground. Well, it's worse this time. You've caused the largest. I don't even know what you want to call this. I don't know if you want to call this a a hostage situation like Don Jr. was calling it. I don't know if you want to call it a a humanitarian uh, apocalypse. I, I don't know what you want to call this. But whatever it is that you can call this, they've created it. It's been done on purpose. It's been done intentionally. Pentagon spokesperson Kirby confirms that some Americans have been beaten by the Taliban in Kabul. Who would have guessed? Defense Secretary Austin, who's in way over his head, by the way, has told lawmakers on a call yesterday, we don't believe it's a large number. But it's clear. Now, see, he says it's clear the Taliban haven't gotten the message from uh, the leadership not to harm Americans. It's clear that they haven't gotten that that message. Well, I have a message that you can send them, Defense Secretary. The Taliban are reportedly threatening to shoot evacuees while stealing U.S. passports. Go back to your home or I will shoot you. Okay, that's fine because I don't want to be here anyway. Uh, A Taliban fighter told one man, according to a person who witnessed the encounter, I got to the gates and I was about as I was about to show my passport, but the Taliban got it. And he said, you're not allowed to go through uh, and wouldn't give it back. I was lucky a U.S. Marine was right there and forced him to give it back to me. What would you do if they weren't there? Oh, of course, there's not much that they can do because nearest we can tell, they really don't have much in the way of magazines to put in their guns. Bruce, didn't you say that they were stopping flights over the weekend? Yeah, for 48 hours, they stopped the flights. They being the State Department, um, they they stopped them briefly uh, and only military craft could go in or out. Well, Joe Biden doesn't seem really concerned over uh, over what's going on. He, he doesn't seem very concerned about that at all. As a matter of fact, you couldn't have called it better. He was on vacation when all this stuff went to hell in the first place. There it is. We've got 40,000. We can't get out. If, as if that can't get any worse, listen to this. Defense contractors. Okay, so the PMCs we have on the ground over there, the contractors. Defense contractors are told not to personally assist friends and former colleagues stuck in Afghanistan. You, you Stand down. You couldn't make this stuff up. You, you, you literally could not make this stuff up. It's it's the same as Benghazi. We had soldiers that were that were hearing. They heard the comms coming from the embassy, and they were like, uh, "Shouldn't we go help them?" And their COs were telling them, "No, you no, you have orders to stay." Forty thousand, forty thousand, and we're telling them no. The Defense Contract Management Agency, the DCMA, is telling personnel not to personally assist friends or former colleagues stuck in Afghanistan. That's according to an internal email that was leaked. Uh, and the Daily Caller got a hold of it. If any Afghanistan national contacts a DCMA employee for assistance with asylum, the employee should in no way suggest or represent 
that the individual or DCMA is in a position to help. The employee should only inform the Afghanistan National that the State Department is the appropriate organization to contact. Uh, They're in no way, shape or form able to help anybody at this point, including our own citizenry. Who should come first? Contact the State Department? These people are worried about how they're going to stay alive for the next 24 hours. And you're telling them to contact the U.S. State Department? Hell, I can't even contact the U.S. State Department and I'm a citizen. You know what the problem is here? You know why that's happening. The email comes as veterans are scrambling online to help Afghans fleeing the Taliban. The official process for Afghan allies is proving difficult to navigate with several indicators showing that these channels are sorely lacking the competence. <laughs> you saying that's that there's no competence? Nicely. Yeah, you saying there's no competence here? Really? The DCMA email noted that the State Department has set up an email address to handle inquiries and informed DCMA employees that there are strict federal guidelines for asylum requests that do not include the agency. This particular email address was established to, quote, facilitate the increased numbers of requests the State Department is seeing. Right. So basically, there's no way for them to do anything for you at all. As a matter of fact, see, this is the this is the problem you run into with government contractors is sometimes they just cut you off. And there's nothing more you can do. That's the problem you run into. Them. That That's the other problem you see with private corporations in general is you'll be going along as long as everybody's getting along. Everybody's getting their money. Everybody's getting paid. Everyone has their contracts. And yeah, as long as all that's working together. Yeah, that's fine. Until it all goes to hell. Once it all goes to hell, you're cut off and you're on your own. That's how it works. So now they're telling people to stay away from the airport, right? U.S. urges Americans to keep clear of the Kabul Kabul airport as the crowd chaos grows. I thought Biden said it was all under control. He hasn't seen any reports to suggest that things are not under control there. I mean, have you seen anything to suggest that things are not under control there? A lot. And of course, now they're worried about uh, surface-to-air missiles being on the ground. The French transport planes that are flying out of there are dropping chaff every time they want to actually take off because they're worried about it. Uh, and it's, it's not it's not uncommon. Uh, it, it's not uncommon to see that because, well, we left a whole bunch of stuff behind, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Anyway, all right. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about in regards to Afghanistan uh, when it comes to that? I mean, we can get into um, we can get into some other stuff here in a minute. Anything on from your perspective on what the State Department's saying and what these contractors are saying about how to get our people out or leaving them there? Yeah, very simple. Um, government's bad. Okay, this is one of the, if not the worst, military operation the U.S. has ever been a part of. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm left speechless on this one. This is Biden's doing. This is his administration's doing 100%. This is not Trump. This is not Obama. This is not, uh, uh, Bush that this could have been avoided. There's a procedure for getting people out. Um, and you wouldn't have up to 40,000 hostages there in country. Again, all it would have taken because of the Middle Eastern mindset all it would have taken is to hit them with an iron fist and they would step back. On top of that, you could have literally done this better. I mean, if you wanted to pull us out of Afghanistan, sure, I understand. I, I understand. I, I literally understand. I do understand that. I, I've been against all of this foreign entanglement since the start of it 20 years ago. Plus, plus, I mean, the U.S. has been at war since I was a kid. You cannot sustain it any longer. But if we're going to pull out, then you need to do it correctly. You get our assets out first. You tell our people, hey, we're shooting for this deadline. It's coming in 90 days. You need to make arrangements now. 
Make arrangements now. Don't wait. Make arrangements now to leave the country. Book your passage, get on a plane, get out of here as soon as you can. It's that simple. But we didn't do that. We pulled our military out in the middle of the night and we left all of our people on the ground over there. You don't do that. Like that's this this level of 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 kindergarten type mistakes here. These, these rookie mistakes. This is something I would expect of some pipsqueak kid who comes out of four years of college and says, OK, I know everything. Like that's the kind of decision I would expect someone like that to make who gets a job at the CIA somewhere. <laughs> maybe maybe that um, advertisement we've seen out of the CIA about the uh, one chick talking about her, her racial identity and, and the, the fact that she was female. And that's that's why she was hired in such a great thing. Yeah, maybe, maybe we shouldn't have been that. doing that. Yeah, I could actually. Yeah, I could actually see that as a possibility, to be honest, because that's the kind of person that would make a, a call like this, to be honest. The State Department was hit by a massive cyber attack. I know that comes as a a complete surprise. They weren't ready for it. They They just weren't ready for it. But the extent of the cyber breach remains unclear. They said that they are the latest to fall victim to a cyber attack, and notifications of a possible serious breach were made by the Department of Defense Cyber Command. The extent of the breach and its perpetrators behind the attack remains unclear at this time. Uh, you mean you mean it's not even a remote possibility that it could have been done on purpose? When the dude showed up outside of the Library of Congress last week and said that he was going to blow up something with ammonium nitrate or whatever, the number one trend on Twitter was false flag. Every single time I see one of these things coming out now, Every single time I see where the government is supposed to be the supposed victim, I say that those are self-inflicted wounds. Every single time. Because these people, what happens when you cry wolf? What happens when you cry wolf over and over and over and over again? No one believes you. You're nothing but a bold-faced liar at that point. Same thing with Fauci. He's a bold-faced liar at everything. Some people are talking about how, oh, uh, well, uh, there's a there's a possibility of a, of a different kind of uh, therapeutic coming out to deal with COVID. Well, there's a problem with that. And the problem I have is exactly what Bruce described many, many months ago. And that is, I don't want anything from these people. I don't care what it is at this point. If they are pushing it in any way, shape or form, I want nothing to do with it. I want the exact opposite of whatever it is that they are saying or pushing. I want nothing to do with anything they have to offer. I don't care what they have to say. I don't care what they're selling. I don't care. They've lied to us too much. As you said, they've cried wolf too many times. There's nothing left in trust. I had very little trust in the government beforehand anyway. The the, the only thing that really uh, probably affected me the most in trusting the government uh, was 9-11. I put a little bit of hope that the government was really trying to protect us as the American citizenry and that the war was right in the beginning. Um, and then after it took so long and then uh, like we, we, we should have been out of there, you know, pretty quick. Um, I think the the initial attack, the initial um, assault, if you will, was right. I, I think we did need to show that you don't mess with us. Uh, but then we should have been out of there 2003, 2004, somewhere in there. You could almost equate that to 14 days to flatten the curve, couldn't you? You know? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it seems like a reasonable response. You can't trust the Chinese Communist Party. Okay, fine. Now it's just gotten to the bizarre stage, hasn't it? Yeah. We stepped through a portal into Bizarro World. Well, I think we had one foot in Bizarro World before COVID, but this has kind of cemented yeah. all of that. Now it's just a it's a it's a debilitating disease from the political class. That's all this is. It is a it is a spiraling death throw. Is everything? It is everything you're seeing? The liberal world order over the last seventy years has failed, 
And it's that old adage, well, if we can't have it, you're not going to have it. So they're going to destroy everything they can on the way down. They're going to tear it all up, all of it. And we're going to have to start over. So Michael Moore, because we're talking about a degenerative disease, Michael Moore, who, my God, is this the best picture they could find of this guy? Look at this guy. I mean, for God's sake, will you look at this? Will you tell me what about that face is sincere? Like, that's terrifying. Well, I mean, if, you, if I would have nightmares like uh, about a face like that if I were if I was a kid. Uh, it's it is sincere, sincerely terrifying. It's sincerely terrifying. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this 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 is a crusty old, disgusting, whatever. All right, look this the, the face on this guy. Michael Moore compares, and I picked this out today, Bruce, just for you, just for you. Michael Moore compares Christian conservatives to the Taliban. Let let me repeat that again, so everybody understands exactly what I just said. Michael Moore, you know the film guy, the guy that makes movies, he compares Christian conservatives to the Taliban. Would somebody? Would you care to explain this? I don't think there is an explanation to it because uh, when you when you look at the Taliban and all they've done, you steal something, they cut your hand off. It's it's the 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 right hand, by the way, they cut off. Um, there's there's a reason for that. Then you, you've got them raping and killing women, beating women, children. I saw them gunning down women. people. Just yeah. good. I saw them beating. No, I'm I'm sorry to interrupt. I saw I saw a video yesterday of one of the Taliban beating a woman with a stick on the side of the street in Afghanistan at gunpoint. The subhuman piece of garbage that was standing next to him who was beating the woman with the stick seemed a little upset that he didn't have his own stick so he could partake. So as generous as the man who was beating the woman with the stick, the defenseless woman, he parted his stick and gave the other half to the other subhuman piece of garbage so he could beat the woman, the defenseless woman, with two children with a stick as well. And Michael Moore compares Christian conservatives to that? That's as sick and psychotic as the CNN woman who's standing there with a hijab on saying they're just chanting death to America, but they seem friendly at the same time. And the next day, she about got hit in the face with a bike lock from one of them. But they're just like Christians. They, I mean, clearly, it, it's just the same as Christians. I mean, they're 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 on the same level. They're they're on par. We, we we've had soldiers get court-martialed because they beat the tar out of they they weren't even Taliban they they were just um, they were Iraqi police that were raping kids that's our military this was years ago and they're comparing that to Christians I'm sorry um, uh, the, the 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 worst of it you get is the the most rhetoric nowadays is the prosperity preachers they get crapped on because they're 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 wealthy and then you get the um, Catholics. They get uh, lambasted because they, they have some uh, dirty dealings in their upper ranks that does need to be rooted out and is messed up and is not the Christian way. The problem is, is nobody seems to want to want to root it out. It, it seems like our elite are of the same ilk. So well, I, I think he would have a better. I think he would do better saying the Taliban is more like uh, Biden. Well, that would make sense, yeah. But they are of the same ilk because, what did I say? They're not rooted in Judeo-Christian beliefs, the elites. They're not. They're materialistic, they're nihilistic trash. That's all they are. They want to play God. They don't want to worship God. They want to play God, little g. That's what they want to do. They've done everything else. Why not conquer the human genome, right? That's what they're trying to do. The British Parliament says that Biden may have condemned the world to a Chinese domination in the future. You think? You think? They're in there mining. They're ready to make mineral deals. That's what they're ready to do. As if it wasn't bad enough that they had our 98% monopoly on rare earth minerals, which we actually had, by the way, 
as if it's not um, convenient enough that uh, they already have that plus our APIs. Those are our active pharmaceutical ingredients. They have those now too. So if you want drugs, guess where they come from? Oh, China's working on a therapeutic to um, treat the after effects of an adverse reaction from a COVID-19 vaccine. Oh, you couldn't make that up. You couldn't make that up. So if you are one of these people that have bought all of this vaccine stuff and all of this COVID stuff, hook, line, and sinker, guess who's going to offer you a solution now on the other end of it? Oh, the Chinese. They gave you the virus in the first place, didn't they? Anybody asking that question at this point where it came from? Well, uh, the Chinese gave it to us with the help of the State Department. Well, yeah, that too. And Google and, and Facebook and you know, big tech companies and academia and yeah, Fauci and Collins. And, yes, those people. One trillion dollars worth of lithium alone. Plus, you've got a lot of copper in there, you know, a lot of this other stuff, a lot of these other rare earth minerals, they're all in there. Now, it's funny. We mentioned the other day that there was a small group up in the northern part of Afghanistan that have set up a rebellion of sorts, and they've already taken back three cities. Well, gee whiz, doesn't that fit funding a revolution and then funding a counter revolution against it? Doesn't that fit that agenda? Well, we talked about on the exclusive, for those that, uh, that are not signed up to us on Telegram, we talked about on the exclusive, there is a small group that just popped up out of nowhere in the Kashmir. And well, it just happens to be one of the places that the Chinese wanted to go into was the Kashmir. And they lost. They lost badly. It was last summer, actually. And I remember asking Marty about it. And I said, hey, you know, what's, what's going on with the Kashmir? Well, the Chinese wanted to go wanted to go in there because they have a source of fresh water in there. Well, there's a group that they funded up there called the uh, People's Anti-Fascist Front or something like that. I, I don't know. I can't think of the name of it right off the top of my head. But uh, it's something along those lines. It's a well, it's a it's a group out of oh, here it is. Yeah, the People's Anti-Fascist Front. And they've released a video and they claim responsibility on the uh, attacks of the Indian forces in Rajouri. Huh. Well, could it be that they need to fund a small group in there to, oh, I don't know, uh, possibly drive a wedge and create conflict and well, get get their agenda through in there. Is that entirely possible that they needed that? It does stand to reason, right? Well, there's more to this story. The Global Times, which is the mouthpiece, the mainstream media mouthpiece for the Chinese Communist Party, they came out today and they released a statement. Now, a couple of days ago, there was a suicide bomber in Pakistan that blew up a bus full of Chinese nationals. Okay, well, what's that got to do with anything? Well, see, China's been working on something called the Belt and Road Initiative. Think of it as a modern day Silk Road. They need something that will take them from China to Afghanistan. Yes, there's a little tiny sliver up there that connects to China. Just a little tiny one. They need something that's going to carry that mineral passageway from China through Afghanistan, over through Azerbaijan, Georgia, Turkey, Iran, and into the Gulf. That's what they need. And they need all these countries. They need Pakistan included in that. Uzbekistan, Turkmenistan, whatever the other, I think it's Turkmenistan. They, they need those countries in order to do that. This is why you're seeing the conflict between Georgian troops, Turkish, and Azerbaijani troops. You're also seeing conflicts there. See, China needs all of this. But see, China can't be the ones showing uh, any type of aggression, not on the world stage. If you were to look in the mainstream media now, can you even find anything else about China other than a positive light? Can you find anything at all about China? They barely mention it, barely, unless it's in a positive light, such as, oh, the Chinese economy grew by 7% this week. That's usually what you hear. You don't hear anything bad. You don't hear that China went into the Kashmir, China went into the Punjab and got stomped by the Indians. You don't hear that. So China releases this statement after 
the suicide bomber hit that group of uh, Chinese nationals. And there's a reason. They didn't mention the key part of that. Some external forces reportedly have incited the terrorists in Pakistan to inflict damage on China and Chinese interests. Once China obtains evidence that they support terror forces in Pakistan, China will punish them. China will not only support Pakistan to strike heavily on terror forces in the country, but also warn all external forces to stay away from supporting them. Okay. Well, see, there's a bit more to that statement that they didn't release. That was a statement that was partially released by the Chinese embassy in Pakistan. But what they didn't say was this part of it. In this region, speaking of Pakistan, some U.S. and Indian intelligence forces that keen to infiltrate into Pakistan have held a hostile attitude towards China's Belt and Road Initiative. Blocking the development of the Belt and Road Initiative has become their main target to contain China's rise. What was it the Navy Admiral said of our Southern Command to the Senate over the winter? You're up there playing politics... And we need to be worried about containing China. You see, everybody knows this, except for the obvious people. They went on to say, The terror attack that targeted Chinese engineers who worked for the Dasu Hydropower Project, that's what it was really about right there, is said to be fueled by the Indian intelligence agency. Do you honestly think that a suicide bomber, some idealistic, radicalized suicide bomber, is going to know exactly who those people are and what they do? No. Probably not. The intentions of the international forces must have influenced and incited terror forces in Pakistan. It is highly likely that those forces collude with and support terrorism in Pakistan, meaning stifling the Chinese progression is what that means. That's what the Chinese are calling terrorism. China must be prepared for a long-term fight together with the Pakistani government against terrorism in Pakistan, meaning you're going to have to guard against those pesky people that want to stifle your Belt and Road Initiative. China needs to resolutely support the Pakistani government to crack down on terrorism. But there's more. In addition, see, they conveniently left this part out. In addition, we'd like to urge the new government in Afghanistan to strike the terrorist forces that were groomed in Afghanistan, but now active in Pakistan. Wait a minute. Are you saying that the people that are striking in Pakistan were trained in Afghanistan? Is that, is, that what you're, is that what you're trying to imply? This is a window through which China could observe the new government of, of Afghanistan. Oh, yes. We'll observe what you do and we'll help you and fund you in whatever way you need. Terror forces in Balakistan, especially the notorious Balakistan Liberation Army, have conducted the most attacks on Chinese nationals in Pakistan. And the Pakistani Taliban is a vital threat, too. I've been saying all along there's a bigger game being played here. So you have a resistance cell that started in northern Afghanistan against the Taliban. You have the Taliban. You have an administration in the United States that is compromised by Beijing 110%. You can't tell me otherwise. He was compromised by Beijing before he got in there. And so were a lot of the people of his administration. Do I need to go back and talk about CCP enhancement from the mainstream media? So Afghanistan was in play. I saw something about the uh, People's Anti-Fascist Front or whatever that group is that, that popped up out of India a few days ago. And I thought, well, that doesn't make any sense on its face. That doesn't make any sense until I saw what regions they were operating in. And then I heard about a Pakistani suicide bomber blowing up a bus of Chinese nationals in Pakistan. Well, that doesn't make any sense either, does it? But then I saw the statement that was put out by the Chinese embassy in Pakistan. Now it makes perfect sense. See, China can't go to war on the world stage. The Americans can't go to war against China on the world stage. The Indians cannot go to war against China on the world stage because that will then start where we are now. It'll start to drag in all these other countries. Everyone's going to choose sides and we all go to war. I don't think they're looking for a kinetic war. 
The Chinese are not looking for a kinetic war because I think they would lose at this point. That's not to say that they would lose down the road, but they're not ready yet. Russia is not ready yet. All these military drills and everything you see now, that's posturing. That's all that is. China's not ready. Russia's not ready. They still need a few more years to prepare. If we're going to even see another kinetic war, I doubt very seriously we're going to see one. But if we do see one, it's going to end fast because all this hypersonic stuff and everything now, it's it would go nuclear and it would be over really quickly. But instead of going to war against each other publicly, that's what these governments will do. They will fund little proxy wars and little proxy groups here and there, and they'll fight their little battles in between here and there. They use these countries like chess pieces. That's what they do. Brzezinski wrote a book about it. What's his book called? Bruce, you can see it. The Grand Chessboard. They play countries off against each other like chess pieces on a board. That's all they do. That's all they're doing here. I have no doubt that the that the Chinese Communist Party is correct when they say that the U.S. and Indian forces are funding that group in Pakistan. <laughs> I have no doubt about that. They're probably right. But at the same time, you have to be willing to acknowledge that the Chinese are not only funding that group out of India in the Kashmir, but they're also aiding the Taliban and they're using the U.S. administration to carry it out. We did the same thing in Syria against Russia. We had proxies. We were we were uh, funding and equipping terrorists while the Russians were uh, trying to side with the government there. So, yeah, we've been doing this for years. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like foreign entanglement of any kind. I don't like it. We need to mind our own business. I don't like it at all. In fact, if we were to mind our own business, we would not be in this mess. Let's get into some COVID stuff, shall we? Just a little bit, right? Because you have to, right? Because that, that's going to start coming back once once Afghanistan fades. And, you know, Americans, we're very forgetful people. Once we tuck tail and run and and the media pulls out and we legitimately leave 30,000 or more on the ground over there, upwards of 40,000. Well, yeah, you know, that's OK because, well, uh, you want to keep keep your health safe, right? The FDA is looking to give full approval to the Pfizer shot tomorrow, which for those listening would be today. You can't seriously expect that to be any kind of legitimacy, can you? You can't seriously expect that. But of course, it's too late. They're moving on to a booster, aren't they? They don't care about the initial ones anymore. So what's the point? If they approve it, who cares? They're moving on to a booster. Define, define legitimacy, though, because the government has the power to just authorize it, whether or not it, it, it meets the criteria or not. They could just authorize it and say, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Well... This is the same government that classifies clean dirt as a pollutant. So, uh, yeah, I see your point. I mean, they're the ones that hold the reins. So what, what are the American people going to do if they mm -hmm. did that? Mm -hmm. Well, even so, the CDC has come out and they have <laughs> they have urged vaccinated travelers to not go on cruises. Wait a minute. I thought once you were vaccinated, you, you were OK. You, you, you weren't going to get COVID. Isn't that isn't that what was said? Yeah. Uh, the CDC said Friday that travelers at high risk of complications from COVID-19 should avoid cruise ships, even if you're fully vaccinated. Avoid cruise ships. Don't don't go on a cruise. No, get vaccinated so you can go on a cruise, but don't go on a cruise if you're fully vaccinated. Uh-huh. This is loony land. These, these people, like these people have gone insane. They, they've gone insane. They're, they're absolutely off the rockers. According to the CDC's updated guidelines... Uh, which, as if that doesn't change every day, uh, on cruise ship travelers, the CCP, nah, the, the CCP virus, I almost said the CCP virus, the coronavirus, the pathogen that causes the disease COVID-19 spreads easily between people in close quarters on ships. Uh, do you think that it's possible that you could have made that assessment from the Diamond Princess from Yokohama, Japan, when all of this started? 
that was the laboratory that you were expected to pay attention to. But instead, oh, no, let's get everybody off there. Now let's, let's pull everybody off there. Let's not leave them on there. Let's pull everybody off there. Don't tent the place up, seal it off, and give them medical attention on the ship. No, don't do that. It's not as if the, the ship didn't have the ability or the capacity to handle emergency triage centers on board. Instead, take them off. Yeah, it really worked, didn't it? It was but, already in country by the time the, the, the ship was here. Yeah. It, it, I mean, we had flights still coming and going. It, 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 it would have made no difference. Yeah. The agency recommends that people who are at increased risk of severe illness should avoid traveling on cruises regardless of vaccination status. Uh, what's the point? Again, I ask. So Fauci was on. I don't have the clip ready. Fauci was on uh, one of these mainstream networks the other day. And the question to him was, uh, OK, so where is the incentive for people to go out and get vaccinated? He says, well, you're going to have breakthrough breakthrough cases uh, because nothing's ever 100 percent. Right. So there, there's never a guarantee that that's going to work. And why shouldn't people go out and get antibodies tests? Well, no, we don't want to do that because we're not sure that those are going to be accurate enough. Uh huh. That, that's the, actually the most accurate test out there. But see, here's the problem. If you start giving antibodies tests to everybody, well, then that's going to shut all this down. So we can't have that. And of course, if you take a COVID vaccine, which isn't a vaccine, then they tell you, no, don't get an antibodies test. Don't do that. No, because then it would show the truth that it doesn't it doesn't trigger. It doesn't protect you. Yeah. Older adults and people of any age with certain any age. So basically, they just contradicted themselves. Older adults and people of any age with certain underlying medical conditions are more likely to get severely ill if they get COVID-19. This is according to the CDC. That's a quote. People with weakened immune systems, including people who take medicines that suppress their immune systems, may not be protected even if they are fully vaccinated. You know what? I'm tired of hearing this. I'm really tired of hearing this. Bruce is over there rubbing his face because he's tired of hearing it. I'm tired yeah. of hearing it. This whole thing is when you look at the, the polls and look at the people that are most concerned about COVID and think that COVID is going to be crazy severe and all of that are the people least at risk. They're, they're afraid that they're going to get it and it's going to be a severe case. We've seen that the ones that are most at risk are obese. They already have heart problems. They already have problems with like stroke or blood clotting or... But apparently we've convinced the population that um, 80% of cases end up in the hospital when in reality it's, it's less than 10% end up in the hospital. It's, it's, it's about two-ish percent. And yet Hopefully. you still have, yeah, and yet you still have Fauci on TV talking about, well, if you don't get vaccinated, you could be facing death. He's literally saying that stuff. Um, step outside your home, you risk death every every time. Every day. You wake up in the morning and open your eyes, you're risking death every single day. It's part of human life. Now, I could sit here and I could go on and talk about all the protests that are happening in places like Australia, all across Europe. They're getting larger. See, again, they're still getting larger. And the mainstream media, who is now forced to pay attention, they say a couple thousand are out there, just a few thousand. That's really about all. Bruce, that looked like a few thousand people to you. Yeah. Uh, when we were reviewing the video, uh, I, I the, the comment I made was, is there's probably a few thousand in that intersection. They are so jam-packed marching. Yeah, literally that intersection probably had a thousand people in it. I mean, there was a lot of people there. No talk of uh, super spreader events, no, nothing like that, no, nothing. They're just completely ignoring it. They want that to go away. But yet, when you see a pro-Afghanistan refugee protest out in front of a government building somewhere, away from the COVID protest, the media is all over it. They are all over it. If there's a free Palestine protests, uh, protest, again, they're all over it. Who was at the, the, the pro-Afghanistan refugee protest the other day that we saw? 
Oh, it was the World Economic Forum. They were one of the people there. They had a crew there, a camera crew. I wonder why. Don't you think that they should be out at the larger protests? They do talk about, what, what, what does Klaus say? Uh, a more inclusive world, a fair world. When I see people marching, Bruce, you saw the LGBTQ flags in there in the COVID protest, didn't you? You saw them waving that. Yeah. They're not supposed to be in there, according to the, uh, uh, the boys down in Davos. They're not supposed to be in there, but they are. You got people from all walks of life in those protests. And the people that you're now seeing the, uh, the largest participation from, uh, according, to, uh, according to a woman who was uh, one of the organizers of the French protests, a lot of people that are joining the protests in France, which that's where they're the largest right now on the European continent, are people that have been jabbed. And the reason they're joining the protests is because they're now being told they've got to take more. It was all supposed to go back to normal. Everybody was supposed to get their lives back, right? That's what it was supposed to go to. No. See, they did what they were told, and now they're being told more. Isn't that what we've said? We said that from the start. You can't make a deal with this. They're not interested in making a deal. They're interested in the terms of your surrender. They want you out of the way. And the question I have as well with the, the Schwab comment you made there, uh, fair and uh, inclusive. How is it fair to have governments and businesses mandate that you take a vaccine for a, an experiment? Uh, it, it, it's not even FDA approved yet. And honestly, if it is FDA approved, I, I don't trust it still because I don't trust the government now. When we first started this, I, you know, kind of in a meme talked about, you know, you can't trust the government. The government's bad, okay? It's kind of meant it jokingly. Though it's true, you can't trust the government. Now, I am so much more resolute on you cannot trust the government in anything. And it's getting down to the point of, I, I don't even trust my local government anymore. Like, that's the level it's getting to. Of course, the city that I live in, I don't trust them because they did the mass mandates and everything immediately and then found out the populace didn't like it and uh, reversed very quickly. Uh, well, they wanted to make it home by the end of the, the end of the day. So, yeah, yeah. But how is that fair to do those mandates, to do those, uh, the COVID passports? The, how is that fair and inclusive? If, if I have an opinion on it, I don't want to take an experimental vaccine. Well, if for you to be inclusive, that means you have to accept or not just tolerate my position. How is that fair and inclusive? The, the only thing that's fair and inclusive is um, you're requiring everyone to have the, the, the vaccine passport. You're requiring everyone to take on a, a social credit scoring system. You're, that's fair and inclusive. You're, you're including everyone in your system. That's the only fair and inclusiveness about it. But see, that's the thing. They have to be. See, no one's talking about we're, we're talking about this in a context where we understand where it's coming from. The average person doesn't understand it. So we have to take that into consideration. A lot of people that are seeing this being played out before their very eyes, they've never heard of Klaus Schwab. They've never heard of the World Economic Forum. They don't know any of this stuff even exists. And when you try to tell them that, they just think you're some crazy tinfoil hat wearer and they go on about their way. But in order for this agenda to be put forward, if this was put out by and, and fostered and championed by the World Economic Forum, which we know it is, if it was put out by them, then we would know that that is the group to blame, right? We would know that. But at the end of the day, it's not really them. But I'll get to that point in a minute. But if you want to take on this problem, well, then you have to understand what's being done. Klaus is talking about creating a more inclusive world and a more fair world, right? But see, in order for them as in the World Economic Forum and that that ilk, in order for them to offer a more, unfair, a more fair and more inclusive world, 
well, then you have to demand a more fair and more inclusive world, don't you? Well, see, they're not the ones promoting the vaccine passports. Those are your governments. See, the governments are meant to be destroyed in the Great Reset and in the social credit system. They're not to be there. Governments do not exist under a, a social credit system. It's data-driven governance. So everything is based on you putting your data into the system, and then you're rated on that. It's got nothing to do with the governments. Nothing. So they can't be there. So if you demand a more fair world and a more inclusive world, well, then they have the solution for you, don't they? But it's the same people that are pushing the divisiveness now, the same people that are pushing the segregation now. The ones that are making it unfair are the ones that are going to tell you that they have a fair alternative for you. But is it really Klaus Schwab and company? Is it really him? No, no, it's not. It is not him. And I just so happen to have this clip from over a year ago. This is a guy named James Bullard. And I want you to think about where we were in May of 2020. Think about where we were as compared to where we are now. James Bullard works for the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis, Missouri. He's a chairman there. Now, I did say the other day that it's all about the banker boys, right? You can get rid of Schwab and, and all these guys. You can get rid of these governments and everything else. But you're not going to get to the actual root of the problem, are you? You can get rid of the United Nations. Was established by a banking family, Rockefeller. Where do you think they got the land to build the building? Rockefeller gave it to him. He couldn't make it up. But I'm getting off I'm getting off topic here. Listen to what Bullard said in May, first week of May in 2020. Uh, our estimates, which are available at our blog, uh, St. Louis Fed on the Economy blog, uh, suggest the unemployment rate could go to anywhere between 10% and 42%. The 32% number is, uh, is a compromise in the middle situation. Well, I, I know, but that has that assumption uh, also built into a consumer psychology that people will be sa feel safe enough to do the things that they did before. Do you think that this global economy is going to look the same on the other side of this pandemic? Are those jobs actually going to exist for people to go back to? You know, I have good news for you, Margaret, because we have a there is a solution using available technology today to fix the economic part of this problem. The solution is universal testing. What you want is every single person to get tested every day, and then they would wear a badge like they would at a, after they voted or something like that uh, to show that they've been tested. This would immediately uh, uh, sort out who's been infected and who hasn't been infected. That would help the healthcare sector, but it would also help the economy because we could interact with each other with a lot of confidence. Now, what on earth does a chairman of a branch of the Federal Reserve Bank know about any kind of health procedures? He doesn't know a damn thing. You tell me and you can I tell you what you decide for yourself after hearing that you decide for yourself. Is it just a coincidence we're now being told we have to have covid passports and those that don't take one of these experimental whatever the hell this damn thing is those that don't take it? You have to get daily or even weekly testing. Is it just a coincidence that these politicians are saying that? And what did he say? Everyone has to have a little badge, you know, kind of like we showed when they just voted. Well, you get a green little check mark with a QR code on your phone, don't you? That's your badge. Now, see, Klaus and company can sell you fair and inclusive from now until the end of the month. It's not going to matter. It's not Klaus and company. He's carrying out what the banker boys like Bullard and the rest of them are telling him to do. That's what they want. They want a cashless digital ID system that is tied to a social credit system. And they're going to use a health system to bring it in on. We knew they were going to bring it here anyway. We just didn't know how they were going to do it. But you can't tell me, you can't seriously sit here and tell me that 
these governments are making these decisions autonomously. It's not happening. It's not happening. We're seeing other uh, organizations uh, fitting in with this uh, investors, banking, all that stuff. Uh, we're seeing other organizations uh, start changing their product and who they uh, gear their product to towards because they want to ensure that they aren't funding extremists and they're using the State Department's view of the, what extremists are um, and also um, trying to satisfy those investors uh, so they're not, uh, I don't know, producing, I don't know what kind of content they think is inappropriate or whatnot, but they're trying to control them using money. Kind of slightly off topic, but this is where we're headed. This is the direction it's going. One of the things that's going to really start being talked about is a UBI. They may not be talking about a UBI in the sense of a UBI. It may be like stimulus or um, COVID, COVID relief or something like that. That's uh, going to be the next thing. Eviction moratoriums yeah. all plays part of it. Eviction moratoriums, that also plays into it. It's all coming in and we already see what the banking world is doing. We, we already see that investors are trying to regulate like this. It's going to be the same thing when a UBI comes in. They're going to have you under their thumb. Because if you don't do what they say, they'll take your money away. And then what happens when it's a digital currency, a state-backed digital currency? I mean, we're already almost there. You get paid digitally. You don't get paid cash anymore. Most of your transactions are done digitally. It's not going to be a difficult transition. And then once the state runs everything, as far as your money, you're going to do everything they want you to do. They want you to go get a fourth jab. You'll do it because you want access to your bank account and your money. Eight. Eight. The uh, EU COVID pass, we got to look at it, has slots in there for eight. Uh, by the way, uh, you take eight jabs of this stuff, you'll be dead from toxicity by probably the fifth or the sixth one. That's what some doctors are estimating. But it's for your health and safety and everyone around you. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I saw a, somebody, somebody took a photo of the uh, Australian police uh, holding, uh, holding the, uh, the pepper ball guns, you know, the ones that look like ARs, uh, had one of them uh, holding it up there, you know, a whole line of them getting ready to shoot the, uh, the people that were standing there just wanting their freedoms and wanting their lives back. Uh, and somebody put a, made a meme out of it and put a line under it said, but it's for your health. Yeah. That's that's what it is. We're out of time today. I did want to go over, wanted to go over. So you know what? Let's just let's just talk about this for a minute. I know this might come as a surprise to you, but there was a report that was put out by the Republican National Committee. Okay, we're getting close to time here, but I, I want to. Uh, we we're actually going to pull out a couple of minutes early, but that's okay. The Republican National Committee put out a report, uh, and they say that the Democrats exploited COVID to change the election rules that helped Biden win in 2020. No. <laughs> I know. I know you're shocked at that. I, I know that comes as a big surprise, but uh, they just put out a 23 page report and they say that the um, that it was from the election integrity panel. And they said that uh, Democrats and their allies, including some elected officials, exploited the pandemic and used it as an excuse to haphazardly expand mail in voting and loosen important integrity measures that are broadly supported by Americans, which prevent irregularities. Boy, that's a really rock-solid stance you guys took. These Republicans are pathetic. They are pathetic. They're gutless, spineless cowards. That's all they are. They don't do anything to stand up for the average person. You know, I, I keep hearing these mainliners, and, and God love them for doing what they do. I, I appreciate what they do, because if they weren't there, then it wouldn't give us little guys... A voice. So 
I appreciate what they say, but I hear a lot of them say that, oh, we're going to run the tables on you in 2022 and 2024 with the Republican Party. Do you understand? We don't want the Republican Party. We certainly don't want the Democrat Party. I want them both gone. Now, that doesn't mean you have anarchy and you bring in some radical group of thugs. Everybody automatically runs to that, right? Everybody goes to the worst case scenario when you say, I reject both parties. I want classic liberal ideas in the system. That's what I want. I want independence. And when I say independence, I want independent people sitting in government. I want us to be able to vote for people based on their ideas and what they stand for, not what party they sit with. Political parties are finished. It's time for them to go. They've had their chance. I want you to look at the last 100 years. We can go back further than that, but let's look at the last 100 years and tell me how much in the manners of needless human suffering, tragedy, and genocide we have had due to political parties. And tell me that that is the future. You can't argue that point. It's time for the parties to disappear. It's time for people to vote their conscience. It's time for people to vote based on their ideas and not what letter they have next to their name. But you're you're asking people to stop being tribalists. You're asking yes. them to, to step out of that. I'm asking people and to think. Have, once you're in that tribal mindset, how do you get them out of it? We still have civilizations here in the, in the world that have been tribalists for thousands of years. They have the capacity, they have the ability to step out of that, and they're not doing it. And you look at civilized uh, society, they still fall back into tribalism. So I, I, I don't know how to get them out of it, to, to, to shake them out, uh, free of it. Your guess is as good as mine because I don't have an answer. But I will say this, they at least have to be willing as a step, as a, as a starting step, they at least have to be willing to understand that what we have done for the last hundred years has not worked. It has not worked. All it's done is block people up and divide people. We don't need division any longer. We need unification and we need liberty. That's the future. We are out of time officially now, so we are going to have to go. But uh, thanks for being here today. All right. For those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram page, get over there and get signed up to us. We do put out all of our podcasts we do here every day. And we also put out an exclusive podcast once a week just for our Telegram subscribers. So get signed up to us over there. You also get access to our news feed. We have a comment section as well. Drop in a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that'll do it for today. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.